Just glorious. Thank you so much. Good morning, friends. Welcome to our 830 service on this uh, most glorious of Sundays, All Saints Sunday, uh, maybe my favorite Sunday of the year. Welcome. Welcome those of you in the room. Many more we know who are joining us online. It's good to worship God together in this way. As I look around, I know some of you are visiting with us. We're really honored that you've come. Uh, we really are. And we hope you come back and we hope you leave us some contact information so we can reach out to you and begin the process of befriending one another. Uh, that would really be great. Um, I'm up front this morning. My name's James Howell, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Reverend Nathan Arledge. It's so good to be here on All Saints Sunday, where we are reminded and joined together with the heavenly host, the great cloud of witnesses. We all know somebody that helped form and shape us, and that is such a joy to lift that up this day. One of the ways that they helped and shaped us um, to be participants in the life of the church is by participating. So you can find ways to get engaged here and help lead generations to come of what it means to serve the church. So find something to do, check out this week at Myers Park, and let us continue this time of worship.
Revelation chapter 21, beginning with the first verse. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Also he said, Write this. For, this, for these words are trustworthy and true.
let us continue to unite our voices and our hearts as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The epistle reading is 1 John chapter 3, beginning with the first verse. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children. Now it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is, and every one who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, David, for reading those uh, beautiful words to us. We can ponder them and take hope in them for a lifetime. I thought parenthetically about that part about being pure reminds me of C.S. Lewis uh, writing a letter to a friend late in his life about, uh, you know, like the idea that I'll just go to heaven just the way I am. And he, he says this, wouldn't it break the heart if God said to us, it is true that your breath smells and your rags drip with mud and slime, but we are charitable here in heaven and no one will upbraid you with these things. Enter into the joy. Should we not reply with submission, sir? And if there is no objection, I'd rather be cleaned first. <laughs> I was like, life is uh, something like preparing to visit the most uh, resplendent person possible. You're getting ready to go there. What would you do? Oh, we used to say Queen Elizabeth. She's gone now, but you get the idea. Uh, a while back, Lisa and I were hiking in Vermont, and uh, we, we enjoy hiking. And uh, one of the things that I like to do is uh, chatter with fellow hikers that I don't know, of course. And it's fun to get to the top of a really arduous hike, and everybody's up there taking selfies and photos and <gasps> ooing and eyeing over the vista. Then on the way down, I see hikers who are coming up, and they're dragging. 
And so I always say some smart alecky thing to them, like only four more miles, which disheartens them. Or you're almost, if they look, they need encouragement, they'll say, you're almost there. Well, we're in Vermont, we're going down this one mountain, and a woman's coming up, and I said, you're almost to the top. This is great. She said, I'm okay if I'm not at the top. She said, I just like walking in the woods. I love that. I'm okay if I'm not at the top. I just enjoy walking in the woods. I'm doing this How to Be Spiritual series. Part of it is it's, it's the journey more than the destination. Have I achieved intimacy with God? The journey toward that is itself a beautiful thing. And, and this idea of enjoying the journey certainly applies on a day like this when we contemplate the end of life. I mean, life is fabulous. Life is hard. Life is beautiful. Life is painful. Life is all those things, which is all why we cherish it. So even the final stages of life, sometimes it's terrible. Sometimes it can be so beautiful. I've known so many older people who become more uh, outspoken, more tender, more open with their emotions, more noble, gentler sometimes. I love this thing that Brian Doyle wrote. Brian Doyle has been one of my favorite authors, and I was in a meeting in Portland, Oregon, and a friend of mine and I, we love him so. We just, he didn't know us. We just reached out and said, would you, could we meet you? He came and like had a, had a milkshake with us. It was great. Talked for a long time, and then he got cancer and died not long after that. While he was dying of cancer, he wrote these words about something that happened with his young son at home. Every morning, my son got up early to help me put my socks on. I would sit on the back stairs in the dark and would wrestle my socks on, and neither of us would say any words, and I still can't think of anything cooler than that. I've racked my brain and considered all the possibilities of love, and still return to that boy and those socks. No matter what else happens to me, that happened to me. Love that. Love always matters. Uh, love matters at the end and beyond. Uh, Barbara Kingsolver, famous lately for writing Demon Copperhead, years ago she wrote a book I really adore called Animal Dreams. And in it, she describes the town of grace that I always think of on this day. In the town of grace, they, they, uh, they celebrate the day of the dead. On the day of the dead, the citizens of the town of grace all go to the cemetery, and they decorate it with flowers, and they dance, and they have a picnic, and they take little stones, and they carve out the initials of those that they have, that they have lost and buried there. She said, in this town, you never stop being loved. And I want to say, in this church, you never stop being loved. It will fall to me in a few minutes to read the names of those in our church family who died in the past year. I hope I'm not a blithering emotional mess. So many of those, so many I have uh, loved so dearly. It's been my immense privilege to be their pastor. In this church, you never stop being loved. Uh, we have hope because uh, one of the names that I'll have to read is that of my father-in-law, who's the senior pastor here back in the uh, 70s. Um, I spoke eight days ago at his funeral service, and I messed up my best line. So I'll share it with you. 
What I said there was true. I, my father-in-law had a great ministerial career, massive achievements. He was incredible. And after he died, all kinds of people reached out to me with stories of great things that he had done. The single highest compliment, though, that he received uh, was this. There's an older woman in our church who was a teenage girl in his first church when he got out of school. And what I said is that my father-in-law, he was a man of privilege. He grew up in a very wealthy ham family and home that's on the historic register of, of, of homes. And, and he went to Davidson College, and he went to Duke. I mean, this is an amazing guy. And then he studied at Cambridge University. I mean, this is a person of immense privilege. The bishop then sent him to a little mill village, thrift, you know, out on the edges of Charlotte, where there were people there weren't educated or hadn't been anywhere in the world. This girl who was in his church, she said, oh, I love this. She said, we loved him so. And I said, why? She said, he was just one of us. He was just one of us. I got that said at the funeral. What I failed to say is that that's actually the truth of the gospel that he invested his entire life in. God, who could be of more privilege than God? <laughs> but God is just one of us. He comes down into our world from the inside out. God knows us, redeems us, loves us, is tender with us. Such a beautiful thing. Paul in uh, 1 Thessalonians says that we grieve as those with hope. We grieve. It's not like in the church. You say, oh, everything's fine. We don't care about death. We grieve and we grieve heavily. I reread this, this week a book by a friend of mine named Rick Lisher. Rick, for years, taught preaching at Duke Divinity School. His uh, son, Adam, died of cancer when he was just 33. Rick wrote a book about that. And his grief, he said, when Adam died, he said, it was hard to think who to call, what to say. But I knew he was dead, but to hear the verdict spoken was crushing. Lisa and I found this when we were talking about her dad's death. We knew he was gone, but it was hard to say to someone on the phone, he's died. He says, the absence chills you to the bone. He said, it's the one-two punch. It cannot be, but yet it is. I want to go back to the hiker who said, I'm fine not being at the destination. I just enjoy being in the woods. Well, the woods really are lovely, but the destination is amazing, <laughs> especially when we're talking about our life. And how amazing is it? We get confused about how amazing eternal life with God will be. You know, some people who are golfers say, I'll be playing golf and making a birdie on every hole. I hope to God I don't have to play golf in heaven. God, <laughs> so frustrating. Surely not. Tammy Faye Baker famously, as she was dying, said, I think heaven will just be like a giant shopping mall, and I've got a credit card with no limit. Golf, shopping, whatever it is that we think of as just the coolest thing in the world, all of that will, when we get to heaven, it will just look so boring. We'll be like, hmm, not that interesting. Because what we will see is we will see God as he is. Now you try to see God, you try to figure God out, you get little glimpses now and then, but then we will see God as he is, and we will see ourselves as we are. <laughs> Did you hear it when David read it? We will be like him. We will be like him. Rick's a great theologian, but he told me that when his son Adam died, the Catholic priest sat down with him and explained 
your son Adam is now more like God than he is like you. So interesting. More like God than like you. In the meantime, we put our trust in this God. It's not hard, it's not easy, it's challenging, but uh, on a day like this, we reiterate uh, our great hope, our great trust. Uh, Brian Doyle, uh, again, as he was dying of cancer, I love this. He had uh, three sons, and he told that when they were little boys, they would sit in church. The boys weren't all that happy about having to come to church. They would sit in church and they would lean on him and sometimes fall asleep. And he used to love that feeling of the weight of his son's body against his side. Then he found himself in his latter days with cancer. He said to his son, you, you, you got to go to church with me. So they would go to church and Brian in his weakened state couldn't stay upright through the entire service, so there was nothing to do but to lean onto those boys who were no longer boys but grown men. Brian called this the wordless pleasure of leaning against someone you love and trust. We try to find words on a day like this. The only words that matter, I think, are words like love, God, <laughs> to name the ones that you've loved. Maybe a word like grace, but it's the wordless moments in the silence. We lean on one another lean on the God who never lets us go. Did you hear me? The God who never lets us go. Thanks be to God. Friends, on this Sunday, we celebrate All Saints Day as we remember with thanksgiving the members of our church who have entered the church triumphant during the past year. In our prayers, we ask that God would grant them eternal rest and that we would be kept in communion with all the saints until we are reunited with them around the heavenly throne of God. We remember all who have lived and died in faith, and especially those most dear to us who rest in God, whose names we speak now. Would you please stand for the naming of the saints? Mary Lena Cox Bain. John Norris Blackwelder Sr. David R. Bodie Jr. Paul Thomas Bowen. Janet Young Bradshaw. Jeffrey Lynn Burgess, Robert Bond Bird II, Richard Craven Carter Jr., Peggy Ann Hall Clemens,
Thomas Allen Crow, Ann Westcott P.D. Woodall Devant, Flynn Keels Dixon, Mark B. Edwards, Robert Bo Weir Elliott Jr. Janet Bowles England Doris Fonville Norman Earl Doc Fuller Paul Eugene Gibson Sr. John Gardner Golding Preston Eugene Guyton Joseph Kirkland Hall III Sandra Moore Hardy James Earl Hatfield, Stephen Warwick Hieronymus, Sharon Bunn High, Robert Lathan Johnson, Sharon Louise Scott McKnight, Mary Westman McKnight, John Lee Morris, Patricia Eastburn Munn, Michelle Marie Noyne, Jerome Johnson Richardson, Theodore Anthony Scharfenstein, Jeffrey Ruth Schott, Barbara Neal Shaw, Herbert Rufus Spa, Jr., Phyllis Lee Spear, Thomas Barber Stockton, Francis Justice Timberlake, Jr., Carl Wilson Walker, Jr., Hubert Leroy Wilson, Jr., Doris Bain Wren, and then we light a final candle for all those that we love who have joined the church triumphant.
Church family, would you join me in the prayer for all saints, which you find in your bulletin? Let us pray. We bless your holy name, O God, for all your servants, who, having finished their course, now rest from their labors. Give us grace to follow the example of their steadfastness and faithfulness to your honor and glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now would you join me in a time of prayer? God of the prophets, of the saints, and of the faithful gathered in your presence this day, throughout the ages you have comforted us, challenged us, and empowered us. You know the depths of our hearts. You hear our deepest desires, dreams, and fears. And you have called us to be your people, that your kingdom might become lived reality on earth as it is in heaven. We're mindful of all the places and all the times when we have fallen short of the title saint. In these challenging times, we feel entangled in uncertainty and worry. We have succumbed to our fears and have vented our anger upon one another. Our failures weigh heavily on us. We are sorry. We ask for the grace of your mercy and for the gift of your forgiveness. Transform us, change us from the inside out that we become true reflections of your image in this world. Ancient of days, we are grateful that in all times and in all places you have provided your church with faithful people who point others to you. We give thanks for that great cloud of witnesses who surround your throne and who have called us to follow in their footsteps. On this day, we thank you for the saints whom we ourselves have known and loved, and we lift up the families of Wayman Cato Jr. and Wayman Cato III into the light of your presence. Comfort their families in this time of grief and renew us all in the hope of your salvation. As we go forth from this place today, enable us to lead a life of faithfulness with humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We lift this prayer in the power of your love for us through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, as together we say, Amen. As the ushers come forward and we prepare to bring to God his tithes and our offerings, I want to thank you for your consistent, faithful generosity that allows us to offer such things as grief support and ministry to those who are bereaved. Thank you.
generous God, it is with joyful and grateful hearts that we bring to you a portion of that with which you have blessed us. We ask that you bless it again, multiply it, and use it through us for your purposes in your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. It's been a good and beautiful thing to be together in worship this day as God's family. We are the children of God. We have so much hope, trusting God, such a lovely thing. Friends, now may the grace of a risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us both now and forevermore.
Thank you.